it is great to have a coach, but your coach is only as good and only going to hold you accountable if you can do that yourself too. So, you know, when you create these bright lines, make sure that they are realistic for you. Make sure they are something that you know you can follow through with and set those boundaries with the intention of following through, not setting them just because you want to tell yourself that you set them, but doing it because you have full intention of following through with it and actually do it. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Well, I love your idea of talking a little bit about like kind of what to do when shit hits the fan. (laughs) It happens. Brooke, has your life ever hit the fan? (laughs) Uh, Yes. It it actually, my life hits the fan, like shit hits the fan in my life quite often. That sounds Mm -hmm. pessimistic, but I don't mean it that way. But when you're a mom and a business owner and you work for another coach and you also are training to be a pole instructor, like there's a lot of moving parts and a wrench is bound to be thrown in the middle of that. So shit hits the fan often. And really the way that we deal with it is going to be what kind of makes or breaks your success. Like, and that sounds not the way I necessarily want it to sound, but it's true. The way that we deal with things when it hits the fan, because there's always going to be unexpected things and uncertain things in life. And knowing how to deal with that is really crucial. And it's something that I think people often overlook when it really needs to be talked about more. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. I think handling adversity or what's the word I'm looking for? Complications, I guess, emotionally and physically, I think is a huge necessary skill that like everything takes practice. But I think once you really get into that practice, like everything gets so much, not necessarily easier because I mean, shit happens and it's not easy, but you can handle it with like much more even keel, you know, it's not this huge, like roller coaster of like, Oh my God, the world's ending. And then you're fine. And then, ah, the world's ending. And then you're fine. And then, you know, that kind of nonsense. Yeah. I think knowing how to handle things and feel more even keel when shit hits the fan is super important because it's not easy to deal with, but learning how to get back on track when you feel like you veered off is super important. And it's a really good skill to have. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feeling that in my life recently, because finally, um, I think I told you off Mike last week that one of our best friends who happens to be my husband's cousin and his wife finally moved to town after like a year of looking for a, like a good job and an apartment and all that. And so with that, you know, we have some local friends who come over to eat and stuff, but for me, you know, being mindful of my nutrition to make it support my goals is very important to me. Not so much that like I'm rigid and I can't do anything or go out to eat or enjoy myself or have any freedom, of course. But I like having my structure. I like having my routine. I like doing the things that make it easier for me to be consistent. 
And with these new people in town who we want to spoil and cook all the things for and like go out and show them the local stuff, it's going to be a little harder. And so I've accepted that. I've also, you know, some of the things we're going to talk about today, I have some bright lines and I have some minimums and I have some ways to keep myself accountable to myself to get what I say I want, you know, which is that nutritional balance that meets my goals and also makes me feel good and feel happy and allows me to do things. You know, it is possible to not let everything go out the window. We talked about this a little bit ago, not let everything go out the window when life hits the fan. Um, And I think that's my first point is minimums, which I didn't have a word for until like last year. But what is the minimum that I can do right now when things are crazy and like everything's all over the place? What's the minimum I can do that'll keep me, you know, heading in the direction I want to head? And for me, that is protein on the plate, stopping when I'm satisfied, getting my water, getting my steps and getting my lifts in, which I don't really count because that has been part of my lifestyle for so long that it's just kind of a (laughs) non-issue. Personally, I like it. I want to do it. So it's not, not one of the things that personally I have to think about. Do you have minimums when things are crazy? Absolutely. And my minimums are almost identical to yours. Like (laughs) something green on the plate, protein on the plate, something green on the plate, getting my daily steps in. And for me, like a daily flow, like making sure that I'm stretching Um, because a little bit about me, I actually have fibromyalgia. So if I am like working at my computer and, you know, working with coaching clients all day and I get up, I have a tendency to be in a lot of pain. So one of one way to negate that pain is to make sure that I'm staying active. So getting my steps in and making sure that I'm doing my daily flow or like my stretches. And if you follow me on Instagram, every once in a while, I'll post like my daily flow. And I used to do it every day, but you know, that it can be hard (laughs) when it's nine o'clock at night to want to record yourself in your jammies stretching. But yeah, so like, that's what I do. Protein on the plate, something green on the plate, being mindful when I'm eating. So like eating without distractions, not eating in front of a screen, Um, not eating out of a bag or like a package, making sure that I'm like pulling food out of it and like having like an appropriate serving size. Those are really like the things that I do to ensure that like when shit hits the fan and let's say, I mean, I don't really track calories when I'm in maintenance, but like if I am in like a fat loss phase, making sure that I'm just tracking, regardless of whether I'm following (laughs) what I'm tracking or not, just staying in that habit. So really just nailing down the most basic of what I need to be consistent with in order to see success. So that looks different for everybody. I mean, it's really what you can control. So I I like that. I have this saying it's control the controllables. I was going to bring that up next. Yeah. I love that. And that's, you know, one thing I was talking out was yes, we have more, you know, friends slash family in town. Yes, we're going to be like, my husband and I really don't go out to eat all that much, maybe once a week. And that's like our thing. So with other people in town, it might be more than that. But there are still controllable things in there, right? That doesn't mean that I have to go balls to the wall every time I go out. I can have that self-accountability boundary of like, I can stop when I'm satisfied. I don't have to eat this all. I can take some home or I can leave it, you know, if I don't really want the rest of it. I can keep myself accountable for like the other six days of the week that we're not going out, you know, just because I might, might overeat or might not know the calories in something. That doesn't mean that like the rest of the time I 
have to just throw in the towel. We were talking about this. <laughs> it all ties in together. We were talking about this in another episode recently was that just because like some things are going on and it's a little bit busier than normal, that doesn't mean everything has to go out the window. So controlling what you can control and some of those things, water, steps, the minimums, right? That means keeping reasonable minimums though. I love that you said that because it's, you know, reasonable minimums, but also realistic expectations, which we talked about as well before. I mean, a lot of people have a tendency to be way too hard on themselves and not express self-compassion when shit hits the fan. What I have noticed just in my years of coaching and as somebody who's done this is that they will almost put more expectations on themselves when shit hits the fan and kind of browbeat themselves into you know, you're not doing enough. You should be doing this. Instead of saying, you know what? You have a lot going on right now. What can you control? A lot of people have like almost the opposite reaction, which I feel is common. You know, I feel like that's that's pretty common. I think that that's pretty normal. But what we're not changing, we're choosing, right? So you choose to browbeat yourself. You can choose to control the controllables or you can say, fuck it. I'm just going to let everything go to shit. And then I'm going to complain about everything going to shit, even though I have control of it. That's not a way to do things, to be honest. When shit hits the fan, what's going to help you be successful is making sure that you can take a step back and look at everything objectively and not subjectively. Look at what you can control. Give yourself that self-compassion when you need it and say, what can I do now to get back on track? You know, if you're, you know, your nutrition is not where you'd like it to be. What is going to be the next step to eat in a way that more aligns with what you want? Are you going to get back on track with your next meal? Like, that's what I tell all of my clients. I'm so proud of my fucking clients. So if my clients are listening to this after Thanksgiving, right? Because Thanksgiving was a couple of weeks ago. We're recording this a little bit after that. One of the common themes that I heard was my client saying, I'm so proud of myself. I got right back on track. And that is what I wish everybody, including you listening to this, that is what I want for you is to know that you can get back on track with your next meal. You can be listening to this episode right now, sitting on your couch and you can stand up and go outside and go on a walk as you're listening to this. You're one decision away from making a change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some minimums that you can be consistent with without killing yourself, right? Maybe it's not getting 10,000 steps a day. Maybe it's getting seven and being okay with that. Maybe it's not lifting five times a week. Maybe it's lifting three for 20 minutes and being okay with that and having your own back and not being a dick to yourself about it because you have other things going on. And I think what it comes down to partly is like, yes, this stuff is important, but also what's equally, if not more important, right? And for me right now, that is being with my people, right? It's the holiday season. My in-laws are all coming up. Uh, it's going to be a full house. And then we've got our friends. And then we have another friend who wants to crash the party. And we're like, hell yes, come on over. We'll feed you. <laughs> There's a lot going on. But that's important to me. I'm fine with it. Like this is not. And when this comes out, it'll be a little bit past the holiday season. So take this and translate it into what you're going through, you know, at any given moment. And it may not be good stuff, right? Right now, for me, this is good stuff going on, and I'm happy with it. That's not the case for everybody all the time, of course. Got to acknowledge that. 
what is actually important in the moment? Like, yes, my goals are important to me. I'm keeping myself on that trajectory. But like things are not going to be super dialed right now for a couple weeks. And I'm cool with it. Like this is three weeks out of hopefully a long life left. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I even like if we look at it in the span of a year, I explain to people like people get so rigid about from Halloween to the new year. People think that like those that is where like the holiday season is where they really need to dial things in. When in reality, you should be looking at January to October, not October to January. You're going to make way more progress in that January to October range than you would from October to January. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's something that's super important is just knowing like where to focus your your energy and your time and your attention. One thing that I'm seeing a lot of with coaches is you can have this anytime you want, right? Like in the holiday season, especially, I see a lot of people saying, oh, you don't have to have that in your house. You can have that anytime you want. But there's something special about the holiday season for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Monkey bread is not the same any time of year except Christmas morning. It's super special. <laughs> Absolutely drowning in sugar and cinnamon, you know? It's just not the same. Or... For me, it's definitely things like a peppermint mocha. You know, I, I have my own version of that that I make at home because there ain't no way I'm paying for $5 coffee. But there's something to say about the holiday season. Like there's a reason why they say it's a magical time of year, right? And so honoring that and knowing like, yeah, this is going to look different. Taking that and running with it and saying, you know what? Maybe I will buy the peppermint almond roca at the store and have one piece per day. Allow yourself to do that, but don't let that be what completely throws you off track because all foods fit. Even your favorite holiday treats can fit. That means that during the holidays, like instead of saying fuck it, you say, you know what, let's, let's just hang out at maintenance. Let's not try to lose weight or build muscle. Let's not try to do that. I mean, building muscle, it's a great time for that. If you are into that. Oh yeah. Great time. My first bulk was August through March and that was great. <laughs> it's perfect. And I think that wanting to go through a fat loss phase in the holidays and you know that shit's going to hit the fan Let's say you do not get along with your family and you know that that's going to trigger behaviors for you. Maybe go into maintenance and just hang down. Oh, perfect time to practice maintenance. Yeah. Oh, perfect time. Maintaining. That's what I call it. And you know what is too, for those, you know, listening to this not in the holidays, summer vacation. Yeah, 100%. You're traveling. Kids are crawling up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not a wonderful time to be in a deficit, I don't think. No, it makes it very challenging. So making sure that like you have habits and routines that you can have around the holidays, around summer vacations, around, you know, special days like birthdays, you know, on your actual birthday, like I don't give a fuck. Have fun. Have a good day. Yeah. I was thinking that so my, my birthday is a fuck it day. My anniversary is a fuck it day. That I consider it a personal holiday. So yep. just enjoy the fuck out of your birthday. But if you're making it like a birthday month, like have some routines, have some, you know, some, some, I actually call them fitness and nutrition detours. Have some detours on your journey because when you do, 
you don't need to worry about shit hitting the fan because you already have protocols in place to deal with that. Yeah. Well, and think about it too. Like we don't really learn or have to practice anything when it's all smooth sailing, right? Exactly. It's when shit hits the fan that you need to really apply the things that you're trying to learn. Yeah. And it's hard to do that. Like I, I will, I will say like, even as somebody who has been living the lifestyle that I live for multiple years now, several years, it's still difficult when shit hits the fan. It doesn't mean just because I have routines and, you know, things in place that, you know, make it easier to bounce back when shit hits the fan. It's still challenging mentally Mm -hmm. and emotionally, sometimes even physically. Um, When I get stressed out, like I have flare ups. So Mm -hmm. like I will physically hurt and it's just about rolling with the punches. Sometimes it's learning how to ebb and flow. And I know we talked a little bit about ebbs and flows in another episode, but it really is learning how to kind of move with life, be a river, not an ocean. I don't really know what it means, but I like it too. <laughs> Go with the flow. I, guess I think. Tides. So don't be a lake. <laughs> don't be a lake. So what are some of parts of your routine that help you get back into that flow? Hell yeah. Having a high protein breakfast every morning, making sure for me personally. And so like, I'm not, by all means, I'm not saying like, you have to do this. Like, this is just what I do. That's, that's what Iris is right. asking. I have a high protein breakfast every morning with a fruit. And I also make sure that before I have my first cup of coffee, I also have eight ounces of water before my first cup of coffee. Another thing that I do is I make sure that I have a vegetable with dinner and at least one vegetable per day, something green. And I also make sure that I'm getting enough sleep. Those are the nice, the top ones that I, that I really revert back to is getting enough sleep, making sure that I'm having a high protein breakfast with a piece of fruit and a protein focused dinner with a vegetable or something green on my plate and getting enough sleep. Those are the four habits that I have that those are non-negotiables for me. And it doesn't have to be just a vegetable with dinner. It can be at lunch too, but like those are the number ones to make sure that I'm controlling my controllables when I'm doing those things. Nice. I like to, I have a a big water bottle. I either have this, this one, which our, our friend Beth, it's her merch and I love it because it's a perfect size. (laughs) Maybe. Or I have a giant water bottle that a friend of mine influenced me into getting. And now I have four of them because I love them. Shout out Mary Um, (laughs) from the inner circle. (laughs) So I want to have at least two of those a day. I like water, so it's not like a huge challenge. I don't really drink much besides water. But, you know, especially with travel and like activities and just like hanging out with people, it's not super top of mind. So I try to do that. I try to go for a daily walk. I like to get at least 5,000 steps before noon, which doesn't always happen, but I try to shoot for that because then I don't feel like I'm playing catch up for the rest of the day. And then I like to think about what I want to eat the next day and kind of plan that a little bit in the evening, you know, subject to change, flexible, but still have some kind of idea what I want for a protein, what I want for a vegetable, and then like filler, like carbs and fats. So those are, those are mine. I am a sleep snob, so I, it's important, but I don't really have to pay attention to that. People, my people like to tease me because I go to bed at grandma hours, but 
Whatever. It makes me feel good. And I like to sleep. Okay. My bed's very comfy. I'm a night owl and a morning person. So Mm. I would die. It's very challenging. Well, and also like for, you know, if you're listening, like I've, I've mentioned it before, like I have a little guy, he's had some chronic sleep issues in his history from the time he was born. Look, it was really challenging. Um, He Mm. barely slept for a really, really long time. And he started finally sleeping through the night when he was eight. So I've finally gotten like a year and a half of like actually sleeping and I cannot sleep. Like if I sleep for more than six hours, I am dead tired. Like six hours is like where I function best. It's so bizarre. Um, So bizarre. But everybody's a little different. Everyone's Mm -hmm. different. But um, because of chronic sleep deprivation, that's my cap is six hours. So it kind of works out. Like I can go to bed at like 11 and wake up at like five or six and I'm ready to go. Nice. I like to be in bed early and I like getting up really early. I like having that like hour, hour and a half to myself before husband wakes up. I feel that because my, like what I love is like my fiance, he can sleep like until like 11 o'clock or noon on the weekends. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. wow. Like I would feel like if I wake up at like eight, I'm like, my day is wasted. Day is wasted. But for me, I love waking up at like five or six, like before everyone else. And I guess that's my non-negotiable as well. It's like, I have a morning routine. Now, I know that there's a lot of talk about morning routines and how everyone should have one, but that's not the case for everybody. I just like having one. My fiance is, is he'll wake up at like nine o'clock. He'll look at his phone. He'll surf the web. Like that's still a routine because he does it every day. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. To know. Um, but like my routine is I like to wake up. I like to have my eight ounces of water while my coffee's brewing and I'll kind of pace around the living room, get a few steps in while it's brewing and I will sit down and I'll journal first thing in the morning. I'll just kind of, I'll journal, write down my thoughts, set an intention for the day, talk about what I'm grateful for and what I'm proud of. And then I take it from there. Sometimes I'll hop on my computer and get a little bit of work done early for clients or I'll study because I'm taking a nutrition cert. Nice. A bit of something. And when I'm studying, I'll walk on the treadmill because I have it on my computer so I can listen to stuff and get some steps in at the same time. So morning routine is also very crucial for me. And as soon as I lose that, that's when shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. If I deviate from my routine, sometimes shit can hit the fan. And what's cool is the only thing I need to do is get back on the routine, which is not hard for me because it's a routine. It's habitual. Yep. So let's talk about bright lines for a second. I had never heard of this before until like four or five years ago. Basically, what it is, is boundaries for yourself, right? For example, going out to, and by the way, boundaries that you stick to, you follow through with them, you decide what you want, and you do it. Um, For example, going out to a restaurant, I'm going to have one alcoholic beverage, and then just have water or a seltzer. And you can make them whatever you want, right? That fits with your goals. I am going to have like a little side plate of nachos and salsa and then not have any more. I'm not just going to eat mindlessly out of the basket. Some bright lines that I have is, again, like not eating things out of a package, like making sure that I'm taking things out of a package or a box. If it's something where I'm getting, if I am wanting something that's a little bit more processed, 
or something you can find in a package, I will pull it out. I won't sit there and eat mindlessly. I also won't eat in front. I won't eat in front of screens for that same reason is I'm not paying attention to what I'm eating. Let's see. What are some other bright lines for me? Oh, another good one that I do is, and that I actually recommend to a lot of clients is if you are going out to a restaurant or you are going out to eat, if people are getting appetizers, order a side salad to start Mm. and get the dressing on the side. Those are things that like I suggest to people because you don't want to be the only one sitting at the table, not eating, but you can eat something more nutritious. So uh, maybe passing on dessert. If you decide to have a burger and fries, maybe passing on dessert or the appetizer. Mm -hmm. One of my bright lines when I go out to eat and we end up getting dessert, which we don't always, um, because one of my bright lines is I'll stop eating when I'm satisfied before I get to that point of being like gross and stuffed. I don't like feeling that way. So that is one of my bright lines is I, I stop before I get there. So if I'm there, we don't get dessert. But if I do, I eat that shit slowly and I savor it and I pay attention to it. And when it stops being so like, wow, this is amazing. I stop eating it. Yeah. You savor the flavor. Yeah. Not too long ago, we went out to a restaurant and we got this like mocha mud pie. Oh yeah. It was so good, but I was eating it very slowly and mindfully. And I realized like after bite four, it was a huge piece of pie. After like bite four, I was like, all right, I'm good. I can take it or leave it. And I left it because <laughs> I was perfectly satisfied. And that is that is one of those things that like, it makes me feel good. And it also is in line with my goals, right? Which is now blowing my calorie budget out of the water every time I go out to eat. Yeah. One thing that I do with dessert is like, I'll look at Nick, my fiance, Nick, not <laughs> <ask> Nick, <laughs> not my friend Nick Anderson. Danielle, she's listening to this. That's Nick's wife. (laughs) What up? But one thing that I do is I'll share a dessert with my fiance. So instead of Mm -hmm. the whole thing, like I will split it with him because he usually will usually get like the same thing. Like I am a creme brulee bitch. There is creme brulee or burnt cream on the menu. Like say less. Mm -hmm. And I will make him share it with me. I'm like, babe, can you please share this with me? Or if he wants something like a blueberry cobbler, if he wants like a cobbler or like an apple crisp or something, we will get separate desserts. But we usually look at the dessert menu as we're looking at the dinner menu to decide what we want, because then I can make a more informed nutrition decision if I know I'm going to have dessert. Nice. Yeah. I like to look at menus ahead of time, not to decide entirely what I want to eat. Although sometimes I do because I definitely have my favorites that I want to try everywhere, but just to kind of know. Yeah. And I do look at the, I look at the desserts too, to see if anything even sounds good. And if it does, then you just adjust. Exactly. Cause sometimes things will sound good when you're hungry, but then once you're full, you're like, man, I can leave it. Mm -hmm. That's something to be aware of as well. But yeah, like having those bright lines and and giving yourself these boundaries. And like Iris said, like what's most important is that you can follow through with them. You have to follow through with these boundaries that you set for yourself or else like if you're not going to be able to do that, then like what this sounds really fucked up, but I'm going to say it. Like, why do you deserve to reach your goals if you can't follow boundaries that you set for yourself? Yeah. I mean, not saying that nobody deserves to reach their goal if they have an issue with boundaries, but like you really need to take a look at your relationship with food and if what you're doing is realistic at that point, because that doesn't sound realistic to me if you can't be self-accountable. That's something I talk about with my clients a lot is it is great to have a coach, 
but your coach is only as good and only going to hold you accountable if you can do that yourself too. So, you know, when you create these bright lines, make sure that they are realistic for you. Make sure they are something that you know you can follow through with and set those boundaries with the intention of following through, not setting them just because you want to tell yourself that you set them, but doing it because you have full intention of following through with it and actually do it. Yeah. Realistic and specific too. So for example, like I want to walk more is a great goal, but that's not very specific, right? So having a step goal of I will get this by the end of the day. And then my like intermediate goal, which is I will get 5,000 by noon, which I totally did not do today, but that's okay. (laughs) So specific, but also reasonable. So it's not like I'm going to get 25,000 steps every day. My in-laws are in town for a week and a half. Come on now. Yeah. It's not going to make or break your progress at all. If you don't, you know, if there are a few days that you miss. So yeah, just knowing that and having that boundary of maybe that's not the day to set that boundary. Maybe right. look at like, you know, a different goal at that point or a different bright line. Cause your bright lines don't have to be the same every time you can change right. based on the situation. Yeah. Control the controllables. Yep. And decide on your minimums before you get to the point where shit is hitting the fan. Yes. Because it is is really hard to decide that. And sometimes, you know, in the moment you might have to adjust them and say, okay, this was a little bit ambitious. Let me reel it in and do something else or do something a little bit differently. That's fine. But decide on those things before. We call it work on the back end, right? Do that work on the back end. So when you're in the moment, you can just tackle it. Just tackle it to the ground. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I think that was a good one. I hope you guys got some some actionable actionable steps. That's such a podcaster thing to say. That's such a podcaster thing to say. Uh, or even some inspiration of like, oh, I never thought, you know, getting daily steps of like 5,000 before noon is a great idea or having a high protein breakfast. Like, I really hope that our suggest, like what we do helps you, but of course mm-hmm. what works for you. You don't need to do what we do, but do what works for you. Exactamente. Is that how you say that? I have no idea. <laughs> Am I, is that how you say it? I don't know. It sounded right in my head. <laughs> Sometimes it did. Like me saying can, candidness earlier. Uh-huh. Candidly. Can't what? <laughs> Candidly. <laughs> can diggity. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, folks. Well, thanks for hanging with us. We'll see you again soon. Same time, same place. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice.